Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It is 8 o'clock, or just a little after 8 o'clock, actually. Uh, we come on right after Nathan does the weather, and in his weather report, you hear that he says thunderstorms. Oh, whoa, wait a second. Hang on. I'm not ready for uh, I'm not ready for fall quite yet. Stop the football practice. Let me get let me let me get the baseball practice under my you know, the baseball games under my belt before we start talking about thunder showers and football. It's drive time radio. I'm New York Vinny. We gather here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock on 1150 KKNW and worldwide on the web, at uh, on YouTube and on Facebook Live and any other social media, I can figure out how to get us on. And it is a beautiful Saturday morning, although maybe a little gray, uh, here in uh, the Esperance Media Studios where I sit in, uh, in um, Edmonds, Washington. Got a pretty packed show for you today. We got a lot of information to lay out on you. A lot of stuff that we have to give you. A lot of a lot of a lot of things that you need to know as a person who either is into automobiles or drives automobiles or does anything with automobiles. Uh, you, you just got to know this stuff because uh, it's, it's uh, as a uh, as a Cy Sims, who used to own a clothing store back in New York, several clothing stores, actually, always said in his TV commercials, an educated consumer is our best customer. And I believe that he was right about that. So we're going to try to help you up to some of the stuff going on in the automotive world this morning. Uh, The big news that broke late last night is that the United Auto Workers Union is, um, I think... I think about 97% voted to strike GM, Ford, and Stellantis, which is Chrysler, Jeep, um, Dodge. So it uh, now it doesn't mean that they're going to strike, okay? doesn't mean that they're going to go on strike, but it does mean that they're going to have to hustle not to strike because there are things in these contracts, and I don't understand all of the contracts, but I think part of it is the fact that there are tiered systems. And when you go to work at GM, let's say, uh, when you start out, you don't make as much as the guy standing next to you who's been there 10 years. Which is fair. I, I I think that's fair. But you also don't get the same benefits in many cases as the guy over there gets. And for the auto industry, uh, it, it wouldn't be crippling, but it would set back some of the uh, advances that they have made, especially around electric cars, because the way that these automakers are financing their electrification, which is mandated by law now, the way that they're doing this is they sell more high-end cars and trucks, which are much more profitable. They take those profits I'm sure that they stick a nice piece of it in their own pockets, but then they turn those profits towards research and development of the electric vehicles. So when you buy a new Silverado pickup truck at your local Chevy dealer, your friendly, uh, I don't know, uh, Chuck Olson Chevrolet, let's say, up on Aurora, or Jet Chevrolet down there in Federal Way, both, both dealerships that I've had dealings with, nice people. Um, when you buy that truck, a big chunk of that money, that profit on that truck, and they make profit on that truck, um, goes right into the research of the electric vehicle, of the Volt, or the Bolt, I should say, that my friend just bought. Uh, You know, that car is $30,000 because, in many respects, Not completely. They're not totally tied into each other. But because that pickup truck that you bought for $90,000, 
contains a certain thousand for research. By the way, I don't know if we mentioned this before, uh, but the Bolt will continue. GM is going to at least continue to make them till the end of the year. Remember, they were going to not make them anymore. It's a wildly successful car for General Motors. Wildly successful. Hard to get them. They sell out as soon as they go into the dealers. People are, uh, I, I read somewhere this week where they think that there are going to be a million electric cars sold this year. That's a lot. That's a lot of electric cars. As the infrastructure gets better, we're going to see more and more cars. So the UAW workers have uh, overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike. What does that mean for you? If you want a, um, I don't know, a, a, a GM car or a truck, a Ford car or a truck, a Stellantis, a Ram, a Dodge, a Chrysler car or a truck, uh, that they could quickly be in short supply. And again, we could see the dealers doing something that I really despise, but putting premium prices on them. The only problem here is, and it's where they're at a disadvantage, I think, these three uh, car companies, is that many of the foreign car companies, Mercedes, Kia, uh um, Honda, Toyota, um, uh, Hyundai, those are the ones I'm thinking off the top of my head, all have plants here in the United States that are non-union. And so those cars that will not stop, those cars will keep a coming. They'll keep a coming. They'll probably up production on them if they can, which means that if you are a, a consumer that is loyal to General Motors, loyal to Ford, or loyal to Chrysler, you may have a tougher time and have to pay more for that car if you need it, if the strike goes on. So I would say to you, if you're thinking about buying that Chevy, Ford, or Chrysler truck, even though the price right now is probably higher than you'd want to pay. And I think that they're going to come down. The idea here is to find a sweet spot. The idea here is to find the place where the prices are going to go down. They're continuing to go down. Many dealers aren't putting mock-ups on cars anymore. If they do, it's a, it's because it's a specialty car. And moving yourself into that place where if you want one of those brands you buy it before the strike. Because once the strike starts, if it starts, boom, we're in trouble. So that's something that you really are going to have to follow if you are in the market for a car. The head of the UAW, Sean Fain, has uh, said that he's not against using striking as uh, a weapon in its arsenal against the car companies. What are they looking for? A 46% wage increase, restoration of traditional pensions, cost of living increases, reducing the work week to 32 hours from 40, and increasing retiree benefits. I don't know. I'd like to get that. I would love to get that. They have a fund of about $825 million, which would mean uh, the 150,000 or so UAW members covered by those contracts um, cost them about $75 million a week. That would, uh, excuse me, it would cost them $75 million per week, I'm sorry, and really put uh, trouble into the into the auto industry, which really right now doesn't need it. So I hope cooler heads prevail. There was a 40-day strike against General Motors in 2019. It led to a loss of 300,000 vehicles and cost them $3.6 billion in earnings. So that's something that you, you have to, if you're thinking about, well, I'm, I'm going to buy a car, that's something you got to think about. Now, 
If you're thinking that you want to buy a car, hang on a second. You say to yourself, well, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I'm a college student. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. Uh, maybe I just, I don't want to buy a pickup truck. I don't, I can't afford a $700 a month car payment. So I want to go cheap. I want to go get a Kia Rio, let's say. You know, a car I can buy for twenty five dollars to $30,000. Okay, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Well, you better go quick to your Kia dealer. Because that's not going to be around anymore either. It appears that Kia has announced that uh, they're not going to uh, import the Rio. They're going to bring in two electric vehicles, but the, which are, are, I'm sure, going to be more expensive than the Rio. But the reality is, is the cheap, small car is going to be gone. The Kia Rio was a car that you could buy for below $20,000. The only car that's going to be out there, I think, is the Nissan Versa. And that thing is uh, is old, and a lot of people are, are wary of buying a Nissan right now because the quality isn't as good as it's been in the past. Now, the other markets are still going to have them, but... The fact is, is they just don't make money on these cars. And as we are in America today, we're all about money. It's, it's really, a, that's what it's about. It's not about much else. So if you're starting out, if you want a reasonably nice car that has, you know, the, the Kia Rio is actually a good little car. But nobody's buying them. Uh, they're sitting on the dealer lots because people are buying, uh, you know, they're putting themselves into debt. I mean, you buy, let's say you buy a, a Kia Rio and it's 22000 out the door, 23000 out the door. That's going to give you a car payment of about three fifty a month. I'm, I'm just going off the top of my head here. I haven't done any math on this. Okay, so maybe you're in it for three fifty a month with, a, you know, a stretched out term. Okay, you're not going to get anything for three fifty a month. Now you're going to have to go buy a used car, and you know the problems that those can bring to you. So maybe you'll get a little bit better, a little bit higher end of a car, but you're also going to get the uh, the problems that a used car could bring to you. Now again, used cars are better than they've been before, but I don't. You know, you still got to do your research. On a used car. I was just a dealer in North Carolina, a Nissan dealer, 400 counts of fraud against the dealership. They were selling used cars, late model used cars with washed salvage titles and not delivering titles. 400 counts against the Nissan dealer for their used car department. What, what 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 irks me is is you know that they're, they're reselling wrecked cars that have been fixed. They're reselling and listen. Sometimes you fix these cars and and they can be as good as new, depending on what. A flood car I would never buy. Any car that was involved in a flood with today's technology, you don't want that car. Water gets into especially salt water gets into the computer stuff, and you can't put enough rice in that car to to stop it to stop the moisturization. So that's that's just a I, I mean it's just a travesty to me that it looks like not only is the Kia Rio going but the Mitsubishi Mirage, which you know again it's not a great car you're not buying um, uh, a Lexus here, but if you don't have a lot of money and you need some reliable transportation and you want the safety features that are in cars today, spending 20000 bucks for 25 let's say, out the door, is not bad, is, is good. The Mirage, they're saying, is going to die out. So you'll have the – and we're talking about cars now, not crossovers. 
but the crossovers tend to cost more money because they're popular. The other car in the uh, in, 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 that is going to survive right now is the Mini. You can buy a Mini, I think, in the in, in the mid to high twenties. <clears throat> you can buy yourself. You know, not you're not going to get the Cooper version, but you're going to get it. You know, you're going to get a car that runs, and a, a Mini is a BMW, so you're not going to get a bad car. It's going to cost you a million bucks to fix it, but it'll run for a few years before you got to do anything to do do it. And so, if you are in the market, and again, this is, you know, you have the crossovers, you have the Kia Seltos, and you have uh, the the Nissan Kicks and things like that. But if, if, there are still people that like cars, aren't there? There are still people that like an or a, a car, not a crossover. They want a trunk. They want to. Um, they want something that that looks like it. That doesn't look like a, a station wagon. And they're going to be out of luck. And it's a shame because uh, I like cars. I mean, I like station wagons. I like pickup trucks. I like crossovers is what they call them now, but they're really station wagons and hatchbacks. But I also like a car, just a regular, beautiful car. I mean, I look at the Honda Accord two-door. Boy, go try to find a two-door car out there. Remember when we were, when we were younger, and it's just, this is now my, the Vinny segment, when I was younger, um, <laughs> when I was a young snapper. Um, you know, two-door cars, man. That was like a coupe. That was like the thing, man. You didn't want a four-door car. You were driving your parents' Plymouth to school. You wanted a two-door 55 Chevy, man. Or you wanted a two-door Chevy Nova. Or you wanted a two-door Galaxy. Or a two-door Plymouth Fury. Oh, man, that two-door 64 Plymouth Sport Fury. I don't care if it had a 318 or a Hemi or a 383 in it or whatever it had in it. Man, that car was fast and it was and it looked good. And it was sharp. All these cars look like Easter eggs now. But again, it's still a car. So that's something to think about. And that's, you know, and, and that's that on that because uh, I don't know that uh, anybody is going to be producing a, a new small car anytime in the future. Um, although, good news for you folks that love Volvos. You know, Volvo used to be a, such a popular car up here in the Northwest. I mean, you used to see them everywhere. There's a Volvo shop down in Ballard I pass all the time, and it's got to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cars sitting there, old Volvos. People loved them. They loved these cars, and they still do. It was once known as the safest car on earth. Um, and, of course, with a lot of Nordic heritage here in the Northwest, people bought those Swedish cars. You saw a lot of Volvos, a lot of Saabs here in, in, um, in the Northwest. Well, Volvo has changed. They're going uh, almost all electric. And they are introducing the first Volvo minivan, electric minivan. We'll have more information on it. I'm going to try to get somebody from Volvo on to talk about it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Where's the, the, I know there's a Volvo dealer on 65th, and I know there's a Volvo dealer up in Everett, I think, or close to Everett up on 99 somewhere. But uh, there's... Um, that's kind of a wild, a wild uh, situation there with the Volvo. <laughs> I always liked that name too. I had a Volvo for a while, and I remember my uh, my social studies teacher in in high school. One of them had a Volvo fast, you know, one of those fastback Volvos. Kind of looked like a Volkswagen a little bit, with a four speed stick, and she used to let me drive it. Uh, I took it down to her, um, uh, to my dad's gas station to fix it. She had a, a head gasket problem or something like that. Miss Lieberman was her name. 
very nice lady. And I say she was nice because she she passed me in my class. I don't know if that had anything to do with the call, but she passed me in uh, in social studies. All right. One more thing in this segment, then we'll get to Nathan. Um, a, a very interesting story about Teslas, about a Tesla. <clears throat> and this, again, goes along with what we've been talking about, about titles. From Steve Lato, who's a, a guy on YouTube, is a car guy, but he's a lawyer also. And somebody sent him this story, and I, I figured you ought to know about it. So, Guy, I forget what state, but a guy totals out his Tesla, right? Boom. Totals out the Tesla. Insurance company pays them off. They come, they take the car, they take it to the salvage yard, and, uh, you know, you can buy these cars. People buy them all the time, and they and they either fix them or they do something with them. But, uh, you know, so somebody buys the car. The guy has Spotify that owned the car. So he doesn't cancel a Spotify account in the car. So all of a sudden, he's getting somebody using his Spotify account in the Ukraine. Yeah, in the war zone. So... He's like trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So he starts to do some research and everything, finds out that somebody bought the car at the auction, fixed it up, and sent it over to the Ukraine where a lot of cars were. So actually, I don't think they fixed it up first. I think they sent it over to the Ukraine. You know, in the Ukraine, and of course, they're at war, so they're probably not worried about salvage titles at the moment. I'm sure that nobody goes to the DMV. They've probably suspended the... Uh, the license plate requirement in the Ukraine right now. Just put a gun on top of your car and go. But um, so this car turns up in the Ukraine, and the guy, the Ukrainian guy that owns the car, I guess now, is using a Spotify account. And I just thought it was pretty funny that, you know, that, that uh, and I guess according to uh, Steve Leto, this is not the first time that a salvage car is wound up. I mean, I know that they send them down to South America. I know that, that uh, you know, those countries, those guys, I used to have a couple of guys that worked for my father uh, that used to rebuild cars back in the 60s down in Argentina. They'd bring them down. And there was no salvage titles back then. But you put the car in a shipping container and you send it over to the Ukraine and you're driving a Tesla. Uh, I, 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 the only thing I don't—I I was wondering when I read the story, when I saw the story—was, uh, you know, does that autonomous driving feature in the Tesla move you around landmines? Because it's pretty scary to, you know, to be over in the Ukraine right now. I would think. All right, let's get Nathan in here because uh, Nathan always has something to say on a uh, beautiful Saturday morning. Nathan, how the heck are you? I'm doing well, Vinny. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, too. What is that you have on? You have a, Are you a member of the Seattle Mariners, and I didn't know about it? <laughs> Just a big fan. Just a big fan. Well, I, you know, that's that's a good thing. It's easy. It's a lot easier to be a fan this, this week than it was a few weeks ago. Oh, it? man, what a total turnaround after the All-Star break, what that team has been doing. Really and and really more the trading deadline, I think. I, you know, everybody it's right around the same time, of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When they got rid of uh, what's his name, Fle- uh, who was the guy that they got rid of? Uh, um, oh, they uh, the close. Oh, it was uh, Seawald. Seawald, yes, yeah, Seawald. And uh, you know, it's been around a while and a, and a decent closer, but uh, again, here you go. Uh, you know, they acquire a few players. And the next thing you know, bada boom, bada bing, they're, uh, you know, (laughs) they're in first place. They moved into a tie for first place last night, and they're looking like the 27 Yankees all of a sudden. And they had a couple of players on the team, too, that they acquired during the offseason that they got rid of or designated for assignment, and that's shown a big improvement as well. You know, they've brought up Cade Marlowe, and then they got uh, Canzone, so um, two players that have been really showing great potential. 
Yeah, I love I love Canzone, man. I love love the guy. I, I, I love him, and I like I, uh Oh man, I can't remember the guy's name. You know, my I don't remember names like I used to. So you have to. Uh, and I'm not following it every you know every mm-hmm. game, every pitch like I used to. Although now I'm starting to follow it a lot more. But uh, the little guy, the little guy that got on base the other night and uh, immediately stole second base. Is that Rojas? That's the other guy that I. Yeah, I don't think it was Rojas. I think, I think his name again. I'll have to look. But anyway, to make a long story short, they're just playing heads heads up baseball right now, and you gotta love that. I'm just pulling up the box score real quick. See if I can find out which person that was. Uh... Oh, um, it was anyway, uh, anyway. oh, Ma- something. He's like the catcher that was playing. Was he a catcher? Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look and see. Um, but anyway, uh, good for them, man. Good for the Baroness. Good that they're uh, they're they're lighting up the city again. It's a good time because you know, once again, O'Keefe is that the guy you're thinking of? Who? O'Keefe? No, 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 okay. Spanish guy. Anyway. Um, last one so, I can think of is Caballero. That's the guy. There we Caballero. go. <laughs> that's the guy. Caballero. He was he was jumping around, distracting a pitcher the other. Ah oh, man, he was great. <laughs> he was great. He was running like a like 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 a right up the the mm-hmm. line. So anyway, uh, so they're good. And uh, what do you say we uh, asked a magical question? Sure, and that magical question is none other than none other than Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? And that was live, wasn't it, Nathan? Uh, I didn't hear the bleep bleeps. Oh, Nathan, you're going to love this one. I am am electric this week again. Okay. I love being electric. Uh, It's a good thing. I'm driving the Mercedes EQE 500. It's a dual motor electric SUV. And look at how pretty this car is. Look at how pretty the sunset is. Look at the ferry. Look at the whole thing. If you're on radio, just imagine you're sitting at the Edmonds waterfront and it's beautiful looking. Now, this is a controversial Mercedes because there's a lot of people that like it and there's a lot of Mercedes people that don't like it. But look at the, I mean, the interior in this car is gorgeous. As as most Mercedes, if not all Mercedes interiors are, um, it, it, the blue and white color combination in the interior is striking. The car is quick as heck. I mean, again, it's got dual motors. It um, and one thing I like, I got to show you this. Uh, one thing I like is the in the Mercedes they have a gas, you know, the gas pedal. Uh, it's not a gas pedal; it's an accelerator in in a in a Mercedes in, in an electric car. And the brake pedal, though, they look like they're from they're substantial. I mean, they got two case hardened bolts holding down the accelerator pedal, and the brake pedal is massive. No fancy designs on it. This is the accelerator. This is the brake. I, I love this car so far. I mean, I don't know that. Um, you know, Tesla people are going to be wowed from Tesla or anything like that. But the shape, the design, the engineering, the electronics in this car are are pretty cool. I haven't had a chance to highway drive it yet. I will do that. Uh, but again, it, the, uh, the Mercedes EQE 500, um, it's a crossover. As you know, everything is these days. The one interesting about thing about it. Let me show you this. Let me see if I can do this real quick again. Uh, look at look at the grill. I I I didn't do this last night. I was good. I started to do it, and I, I had a bunch of stuff to do. But when I review the car, probably next week, you see those little things in the in the front on that front panel. They're all little Mercedes stars. And there's also the same design on the dashboard. The front panel of the car has all these little Mercedes stars in it. So my biggest question last night as I was driving home from shooting the car, 
down at the Edmonds uh, uh, Sunset Drive there, which I love, is how many of these stars does a car contain? So that's my assignment for this week. I'm going to go out and find out how many stars, because they're not only on the front panel, but they are also on the dashboard. So that's the uh, that's the Mercedes uh, uh, 500 EQE. It's stickers for around uh, dip, 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 dip. How much does it sticker for? Around $98,000, I think it, it, it is. That's the sticker price. And has a pretty good range. I mean, I've been driving it since Thursday just around town, and I've hardly moved the um, electric needle. So, do you know, I actually dreamt about electric cars last night. I mean, is that whacked out or what, man? I actually had a dream last night about electric cars. I mean, that's that's wacky. That's strange. Anyway, um, all right, when we come back, and that's the Mercedes, uh, a lot to love there. And as I said, we'll review it and give you the full tilt boogie on it next week. Um, one quick thing before we uh, take a quick break. And get, actually, we're not even going to break. We're just going to go into uh, into our cartoon. Um, there's a Lincoln commercial out. And when you try to do a commercial, I think you try to hit an emotional thing in people, right? I mean, I'm not an advertising guy. I'd have to talk to my friend Jim Copacino to, to, to figure this out. But Lincoln has a commercial out that is showing a person driving a woman, and she's driving her Lincoln, and she takes her hands off the wheel. And the car is driving itself. And then they cut to a picture of a little girl, and she's driving a bicycle. And as we have all done... When we were kids, I don't know if kids do it today, but the trick was drive your bike with your hands up in the air. Don't, you know, you're, you're, you're look, ma, no hands, right? You're driving the bike along. It's probably about how a lot of kid got, kids got stitches when they were young. But the commercial touches you on such a primal emotional level uh, that, uh, it, it may be one of the best car commercials I've ever seen. Whoever wrote that commercial, whoever produced that commercial, knew what they were doing because that commercial would probably make me go look at a Lincoln if I was in the market for a car. That spot would make me go look for look at a Lincoln. It's that good. If you see it, you'll you know I'm sure you'll. Um, you, you know, you'll you'll know it, you'll feel it. It was just a, a whoever did that commercial for Lincoln uh, deserves a round of applause because they really did a great job at touching that thing inside of you that brings you back to an uh, a, an easier and early time. And Lincoln's whole thing is their cars are quiet, their sanctuaries, their luxury cars, their beautiful cars. They hit they hit the nail on the head with that commercial. All right, let's do our uh, Saturday morning cartoon which is uh, this week we try to bring every Saturday morning a little piece of music about automobiles or driving or, you know, something to do with cars. We had, uh, you know, if you go on Spotify and you go to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny, just put that in the search, you'll see our cartoon list. And we've listed most of the cartoons and I, the cartoon, most of the songs that we have uh, played in the three years we've been doing this show are on that list. Uh, and I'm adding more every day or every other day or something like that. So here's one from uh, one of my friend's favorites and, and an artist that I've always appreciated. I got to meet this guy actually when I was about 13 years old uh, at a concert in New York. And I've always loved the Creedence Clearwater revival. He was the, the biggest part of that. His name is John Fogarty. You know him from Center Field and uh, many other hits, and he's got a, an album out, or has it, uh, I don't know if it's, it's la his last album, but it's uh, it's a, a pretty good album. Here is a, uh, a tune from that album, Hot Rod Heart. There you go, John Fogarty. Has had a pretty nice career, also got all his music back. 
from uh, the publisher, long been involved in disputes about his music, and he got it back. And there's a good, nice little piece of it, Hot Rod Heart. Not to be confused with the Robbie Dupree song, Hot Rod Hearts. That was a hit back in the, I believe, the 70s, if I'm, maybe, maybe the 80s. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was early '80s, late '70s. Robbie Dupree had a hit with a song called "Hot Rod Hearts." One of his two hits, his biggest hit, was uh, kind of a Doobie Brothers ripoff of um, a song called "Steal Away." Why don't we steal away? Uh, anyway, we'll 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 get to the Robbie Dupree one at uh, some point. That is. Uh, one of my favorite segments of the show, because I love music, uh, that is uh, the Saturday morning cartoon. If you have a suggestion for one, you can always email us, jump on our socials at uh, NYVinny, and uh, send a suggestion in, as if you have a suggestion for anything on the show. We're always open to talking about uh, anything pertaining to automotive or automotive lifestyle. We are up for it. Next week, Labor Day weekend. Oh. Where has the summer gone? Oh, man. Anyway, um, it appears that uh, we will be doing our annual Labor Day tribute to America's work truck, the pickup truck. So uh, uh, Tim Esterdahl, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, is scheduled to join us, and uh, he is the... uh, the head maven over at pickup truck and SUV um, dot com. He knows more about pickup trucks. Uh, he actually went to the Woodward Dream Cruise um, last um, last week and towed his. Uh, I think he has a sixty Chevy pickup. Towed it to the Woodward Dream Cruise. He lives in I think Iowa or Montana, something like that. one of them. One of them states that have mountains on one side and flat on the other. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll talk to him and we'll uh, pay tribute to uh, the pickup truck, uh, America's work truck, next week on our Labor Day special. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick. Really quick break. Uh, play a little something for you, and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, why you may be doling out more money out of your pocket in the near future to drive a car. It's Drive Time Radio at New York, Vinny. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery, double check the battery cables, check your oil, double check the fan belt, check your radiator, double check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big, bright Texaco star. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, we are back. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York. We thank our good friend George Jackson so much for being a part of the show. Uh, George does uh, advertising specialties. You can catch him at georgejackson.com. If you need, uh, you know, giveaways for your business, for your athletic team, for uh, a dinner or something like that, George is the best at it, best I've ever seen at it. Uh, why go to some place where you can, you know, go online and impersonal? Just pick up the phone or go on, uh, on Facebook or find George, call him up and talk to him. And uh, and he'll set you straight. He'll get you. He did, he's done my T-shirts. He's done my keychains. Uh, we have a, a drive time promotional item that we're working on, uh, a giveaway that we're going to have for the holidays. And we, he did that too. So it's georgejackson.com, advertising specialties. A, a hell of a nice guy, and a, a great uh, a, a great businessman. He will get you what you want when you want it, and uh, he doesn't 
bullpucky around. You know, he like he's not one of these guys to say, oh, yeah, I'll get it for you on Tuesday. And then Tuesday, you're calling him up and you can't even find him. All right, pay per mile. Are you ready for this? You know, a lot of people have said that, you know, it's not fair. I mean, all those Tesla drivers get to drive for free while we have to pay uh, the highest gas taxes in your country. Well, you know what? You're right. If you drive a gasoline vehicle and you live in Washington State, you're paying five and a half bucks for gas. Five twenty-five, five fifteen, right? It's the highest in the country. I just saw a thing this morning. Some guy was on MSNBC and he was talking about paying three dollars. He was complaining about paying three dollars and nineteen cents for gas. Come up to Washington State, pal. Anyway. Oregon has started this. Utah and um, Michigan are also starting it, and it's going to spread. I'm telling you, it's coming here to Washington, just like as sure as God made little apples, congestion pricing is going to be our future. Quicker than that, we are going to see pay per mile on not just electric cars. I think eventually this is going to go to all cars. Uh, in Oregon, they have, they say that this program is voluntary right now, but will become, uh, mandatory at some point that you, you sign up for this program. You get a little transponder that goes in your car and it tells the state how many miles you drive and you pay. 1.8 cents or something like that per mile. And it's a way, number one, to raise money, but number two, to get the fair share of infrastructure and road maintenance payments out of People that use electric cars, as I said earlier in the show, they're going to sell a million electric cars this year. Um, and, and hybrid vehicles. And when you are doing that, they're not, they're either not buying gas or buying less gas. Some of these hybrids get 50 to the gallon, right? In the infrastructure bill that Biden and, and company passed, uh, there was $125 million to fund road usage charge pilot programs, including the first national pilot. So in time, and it's not going to be that long, I don't think, because, again, it's already in effect in these three states. Virginia is considering it right now. I'm telling you, we're not far behind, especially because we don't have a state income tax. They have to find other ways to tax you. But I'm telling you, this pay per mile thing is going to happen. I don't want, I, I, I mean, the, I, I'm two ways on this. Number one, I really don't like the idea that people can, that, that you have a transponder in your car that can tell them where you are all the time, where you want, where you drive, how you drove, how fast you went. Are they going to protect that information? If you do, 50 mile, if you do 60 miles, let's say, in 45 minutes, is somebody in the state going to say, well, you know, that's kind of fast there. Maybe we ought to send them a ticket or a warning. It's possible, right? <clears throat> I, I, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like the idea that we have to put, that we now have transponders in all our cars, that uh, they, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but they can um, track up where we're going. But that's life in America today. I mean, we turned into the Soviet Union a long time ago. But that's a whole other story. What I will say is that they do have to come up with a fair and equitable way for electric car drivers to pay their share of the road maintenance and of way and everything like that there has to be a device where they pay whether it be through license plates whether it be through 
you know, whatever it is, whatever mechanism they can come up with. And as I look at it, the pay-per-mile thing seems to be the the most equitable. Now, with the pay-per-mile, I guess they reduce the cost of your license plates. So your license plates cost less, but you pay for every mile you drive. So it's something to think about and something to watch for because I'm telling you right now, as sure as God made little green apples and it don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime, this is coming. It's coming down the pike. And uh, believe you me, it's uh, it's it's going to be met with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of protest, I think, especially you know not so much in the city, but what do you do if you uh, if you know you drive uh, your kid to school? Let's say you live in I don't know St. John's, and you have to drive your kid to Pullman to go to school or or Benj or one of those towns, and it's a a. a 40-mile trip or 50-mile trip to go to the supermarket. Is that fair for those people? I don't know. I I, I think not. I think that it, it, it really impinges on people who live in areas where there is no public transportation, where, I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't think there's a bus that goes from downtown St. John's uh, to Richville, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a transit authority out there. I think that's Grant County, isn't it? Uh, but I don't think you can take a bus anymore. I guess the old days you probably used to be able to. Probably was Greyhound or Trailway service all over the place. But that's another thing uh, in uh, Vinny. What's changed since you were a kid? So something to think about there, uh, as you know, as you get to a point where. You, uh, I don't know, where, where, where they, they just, they're taxing cars for everything they can possibly get. If you're a driver in the state of Washington, you pay more to operate your car, I would say, than almost anywhere in the country, with the possible exception of California. We pay for transit systems. I'm not saying that we don't need them. I'm just saying that you do pay more. There's some things that you do have to pay for some things that you need probably because people didn't have the foresight here to think that this area was ever going to expand so they never put transit in uh you know a a light rail and things like that so now you got to pay the pipe when it costs i don't know 10 times what it uh what it it should cost anyway that's our uh that's something that you should be looking out for that's kind of looking ahead a little bit at um, at what is uh, you know what's going on there. All right, let's uh, let's quickly do our drive time road test. The drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, once again, no. Well, you, you know, I should take that ugly out of there. I just, you know, I like that Ennio Morricone song. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, I uh, I put it in there. Um, but I don't know. This car is not ugly. It's huge. It's huge. And I'm talking about the Lexus LX, which is, um, listen, the one thing about this LX 600 that I found, uh, in driving, this is a big, big SUV. This goes in the the class with the Escalade and the Mercedes, uh, uh, um, GLS class. It's a huge SUV and it's luxurious. It is beautiful. The uh, the interior of this thing. I mean, nobody does an interior at this price level like Lexus does. It's just it, it, the outside design is still big and square. It's based on I think the um, the Land Cruiser, uh, but it's big. It's square. You sit up high. But what they did in this thing is, even though you sit up high in the vehicle, go, uh, you know, is um, is a tall vehicle. For off-road purposes, they put a air suspension in this thing where you hit a button and it goes up, 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 up. And you know what? In this particular car, you can use it. 
in this particular SUV, this three-row SUV, you can lose it. You can use it. If you want to go off-road and you want to buy a Lexus, this is the Lexus to buy. I mean, I had one that was the F-Sport, handled nicely. Uh, you know, it's a big vehicle, so it, it definitely takes a little back and forth to get it going. But it's, it, you know, a, a great vehicle. Uh, 3.4 liter V6, 409 horsepower with a 10-speed automatic. Um, it looks kind of like the Tundra pickup a little bit in the front, too. But it just, it, it, it reeks luxury. It is a big vehicle. If you're one of those people that have a family, you like you take people around places. But the, the beautiful thing about this Lexus is that it goes, it 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 will take you off-road credibly. And I'm not just talking about up a forest road. This thing will climb through the woods with the different things that they have put in this car, uh, uh, the downhill and the, and the different uh, differentials that you know, each individual wheel gets its power. It'll move you over stuff in the woods that you would never think a luxury vehicle like this would. And it's really, if you're one of those people that you love to go to the cabin, you have to travel up some roads to do it. Uh, you, uh, you you go off-road. Off-road is part of your lifestyle, but you want to live your lifestyle in luxury. You bought Microsoft at a buck fifty a share. Uh, this is a vehicle that you should be taking a look at it. The, the one I drove was $98,000, which uh, still astounds me to this day. Um, but, you know, it was um, it was amazing to me how, uh, how much I enjoyed driving this big barouge of a vehicle, especially off-road. The Lexus LX600 F-Sport, Phil LeBill for uh, a guy... Uh, who likes going off-road a little bit. All right, that is going to wrap up our show. I didn't even want to tell you the gas mileage on it, but let's let's just say that it's going to cost you to fill it up, okay? All right. If you're driving in that kind of car, it costs you to fill it up. All right, that's going to do the trick for us today on air. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the show and uh, everything else, and we will check you out next week on Drive Time Radio. Thank you for listening.